Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, E.T., and joining me as always, my host, Gage. How are you doing today, Gage? Uh, pretty good. Um, I'm happy to be covering Cloverfield. Yeah, me too. Uh, and special guest today, a personal friend of mine who is way superior in everything Cloverfield than I would ever be. Um, Meme Lord Vape, how are you doing today, Meme Lord? I am doing fantastic, and I am very excited to be on this podcast talking about one of my favorite monster movies of all time, and probably one of my favorite universes of all time. I, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I'm, it'll be definitely an experience for everybody listening and everybody in this call right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess we'll go ahead and get things started. Uh, before we do, uh, anybody get anything cool or exciting or want to bring up anything, or we just want to get right into the meat of this? I say let's get right into it. Yeah, yeah, let's get right into it. Awesome. So, of course, uh, real quick, we did do this already, but uh, unfortunately, uh, things were a little messy, and I feel like going back and shining this up will really help the podcast. Um, so, we're going to start off with the greatest uh, found footage giant monster movie of all time, I think we can all agree with, uh, yep. the original classic Cloverfield. Um, we're going to have memes start us off with the uh, universe setup and really how it helped build this universe. Ah, oh, man, where do I start? See, with the Cloverfield universe, it's such a vast like, like span of like knowledge and information that you know, the people at Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams' team of, you know, amazing people, like, put together in these ARGs and stuff. Because when Cloverfield first started, like, with the trailers and stuff, we still didn't even know that much about, you know, what the movie was going to be or, like, anything, to be honest with you. We didn't even know if it was going to be a monster movie or what. We didn't even know the name of the movie. Like, back in January of 2008, well... Well, Cloverfield came out January 2008. Um, the first trailer, I don't remember where it came out. Obviously, it came out before. But it showed, like, obviously the found footage clips and stuff of people running in the streets and stuff. And, like, you know, all this mayhem and stuff. And, like, all it did was show the date of when the movie was supposed to release and stuff. And it didn't give a name or anything. And this is about when, like, the ARG starts to happen. And... For those who don't know what an ARG stands for, it stands for Alternate Reality Game, which is a big staple to the Cloverfield lore and the universe buildup and stuff. And throughout this podcast, we're going to be going back to the ARG a lot because, you know, that's where most of the information comes from. So, I mean, where do I start with, you know, Cloverfield? I mean, the universe set up, like, this whole universe of these three movies and a big old franchise and stuff like the movies like the movies that came after Cloverfield like people are debating whether or not they're like you know potential sequels or all that stuff and we'll get to the we'll get to them in a bit but first let's talk about the first movie that started it all Cloverfield now Cloverfield was a monster movie that I loved, I adored. Back when I was a kid, I used to be 
such a fan of dinosaurs and stuff. And, you know, then it got me into Godzilla. And then throughout that, I got into Cloverfield. I don't know what it is about Cloverfield that attracted me. I'm pretty sure it was the monster that attracted me to this, you know, movie and stuff. And ever since, like, Cloverfield has been one of my favorite monster movies of all time. I mean, with the mixture of found footage and, like, you know, monster horror, like, suspense and mystery and stuff, like, how could you go wrong? Like... Yeah, exactly. I mean, J.J. Abrams as a child said that, you know, he was so fascinated with, like, these monster movies like Godzilla or King Kong and stuff, like... He said specifically, I can remember, um, don't quote me on this, but I remember some, him saying, like, you know, the Japanese have Godzilla, but, you know, what kind of monster does America have? So, basically, Clover was supposed to be, you know, America's, you know, kaiju, even though we got King Kong and stuff, but, you know, he's a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, the film as a whole is, like, is filled with, like, these, like, characters you get to know, like, from the beginning and stuff and throughout the film, and, like, you get to know more about these characters. Like, they don't go, like, completely in-depth, like, in some movies, but, like, you get to know, you know, a bit. Like, you know the basics about these characters and stuff, you know? It's a going-away party for this guy, Rob. I mean, actually... You know, it's best to, like, give a brief synopsis of the movie. So, it all started with, you know, obviously cuts to, like, military, like, playback footage and stuff. And it shows Rob, the main character, in Beth's father's apartment, you know, enjoying each other, talking about a potential trip to Coney Island and stuff. And then later we cut to Rob's brother, uh... What's his name? What's his name? I should have done more research. <laughs> um, but we cut to Rob's brother, who obviously has the video camera, and is following his fiance down the streets of New York, getting ready for the surprise party, or going away party for Rob, because Rob is going to be going away to be working at, going to work in Japan. So, yeah, and then the party happens, you know, all this stuff happening and, you know, it's all fun and games and stuff until, you know, bada bing, bada boom, like a snap of the fingers, shit starts to go down. And, like, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's hard to, like, you know, go go off and give, like, a brief synopsis of this, like, whole movie, but... You know, stuff goes down, you know, the power out, a giant power out, it sweeps the city, explosions, all that stuff's happening, and go down to the street, they see this, the classic, the classic scene of the Statue of Liberty's severed head, like, crash down the streets of Lower Manhattan. It is absolutely iconic for, like, monster movies and stuff. Like, when you see, like, a decapitated... When you see a decapitated Statue of Liberty, you obviously think of Cloverfield. Like, there's no denying that that is such a staple of Cloverfield, is the Statue of Liberty. But, yeah. And then, you know, the monster, Clover, he destroys, you know, the Woolworth building. And, like, 
big old cloud of smoke and stuff like shoots through like the streets of the city and stuff like our main characters like uh hide in this convenience store and we obviously found out and like i saw it it's alive it's a giant monster um so obviously their goal is to escape the city as fast as they can and obviously all this stuff is sue all this stuff ensue uh loved ones die um a lot of running, a lot of screaming, a lot of HUD saying Rob. <laughs> uh, there's a scene in the subway where they get chased by these parasite creatures. Like, you get bit by one of them, you explode. It's it's really crazy, but it's also very unique to seeing this from a perspective of, like, you know, the people and civilians and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. with a normal, typical monster movie, of course you follow the civilians, but you don't follow them in such a personal level like this, because... It feels more real and genuine, like this actually happened. And it's interesting and it's cool to see this, like, fresh take of, like, a monster movie. Like, Cloverfield is obviously, like, a mixture of, like, a monster movie and obviously Blair Witch Project with, like, the horror and, like, you know, found footage aesthetic. And a lot of people consider, like, the found footage part of the movie to be kind of a turnoff because people don't like the shaky camera. I understand. My father dislikes the movie because of that. And I can understand. But I feel like it adds to, like, the chaos of the movie and stuff, you know what I mean? Like... Oh, yeah. It, yes. Yeah. Absolutely just... Oh, my God. But, um... What else is there to talk about the movie? Like, uh, lots of stuff goes down, uh, people die, a lot of pandemonium, yeah. Pretty much, standard monster movie stuff, but, I want to talk about the monster in the movie, because I feel like the monster doesn't get that much love in, like, the mm-hmm. kaiju community, like, I mean, obviously people know the monster, but they don't give as much love to the monster, and I feel like no, it doesn't go a lot with Clover and stuff. Like, he is such a unique monster. Like, we haven't seen anything like this on cinema. And, like, at the time, I remember people, like, speculating, like, oh, what is this monster? What is it going to look like? Is it going to look like this? Is it going to look like that? Like, I've seen images and stuff of, like, concept art or, like, artist renditions of what the monster might look like. I remember this classic one, this famous, like, art of, like, what the Cloverfield monster would look like is a giant whale, like a giant humpback whale. And if you can remember, if any of you remember that image, like, and, you know, it's so interesting to see how people have all these speculations of what the monster might be or what it might look like and stuff. And that just adds to the charm of the ARG and also you know, what J.J. Abrams really wants with the shared universe, like, J.J. Abrams says, like, you know, he doesn't give a concrete answer of what's going on, he just lays down the puzzle pieces and lets you, the viewer, decide, like, with all this information to put together what, what's going on, like, why is this happening, or, you know, the origins of all these, like, creations and stuff, like, it is so surreal and stuff and like with the monster we learn a lot more about the monster with the ARG and stuff 
than we do in like the actual movie because this is like coming from like bystander levels like these people like that we follow throughout the movie have no idea what this monster is like where it came from why is it here they just know that it's here and they have to run and yeah like even the military doesn't even know where this thing came from or why this thing is like the monster like is such a staple to this movie like I don't know. I just have like a very strong bias for this creature. Like, I don't know. I just really love his design and like the overall aesthetic of the creature. His roar is so chilling to the bone, and it's so awesome to hear. Like, oh man. Yeah, um, he definitely oh. is very uh, unique among the different kaiju in the uh, um, in this fandom of giant monsters. Yes, he is very unique. Mm -hmm. We have the big one, Godzilla, Kong, Gamera. I feel like Clover, the big. Yeah, Clover's a unique one. Like, even for his size, like him being a little smaller than the legendary Godzilla, he's only a baby. And once we get to Paradox, we'll open up that can of worms there and, you know, talk about, you know, the big mama or the adult. Or the supposed adults. <laughs> like, we don't know for sure if it's an adult or if it's the same monster from the first movie or what. But we'll get to that when we get there. But Yeah, like, and I like you did bring up, like, how this universe has been expanded and, you know, how it how it started expanding and, you know, overall how they how they've marketed and really built the universe. It's it's very unprecedented among film franchises. Most of the time, people try and, you know, the usual trailers, commercials, maybe tie-ins, but, like, the way they did this one, like, you brought up the ARGs, you know? It, mm -hmm. it, it took somebody a long time to find all the ARGs and to yeah. really, like, dig into this and really find the of this. Uh, and so much so that, uh, and I just learned this, like, two weeks ago, um, on the Cloverfield DVD, if you go to scene selection, you go to the last page, if you wait two minutes, another scene pops up, and it's got classified files, and watch some of Get even more deep into that, you know. Oh, that... really? Wait. Yeah, uh, wait, you didn't know that? Um, I think I may know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure. Okay, so, after the credits? Uh, no, this is on the scene selection. Uh, okay. the, that the part. scene selection. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, uh, from what I remember, it's you go to scene, I think it's 13 through 16, or whatever that last page is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you go get a drink or something, do a couple of things, take two minutes. When you come back, there's an, uh, a new scene selection pops up in Lisa 17, and when you go to that and hit enter, uh, it brings you to this classified file section, and it's got, oh like, God. yeah, at, when I heard this and oh found it, I was freaking out. Oh, oh my God, wait. I did not know this. I did not know this at all. <laughs> that is uh, interesting. 
I have to okay yeah. after the stream I have to look into that. But for right now, um I guess we could talk about the theories and stuff of what's going on in this first movie. Um Yeah. So, okay, it's explained that Rob is going to Japan for some sort of job thing. Uh, we don't know specifically what it is he's doing. Oh, he's like the president of some sort of company. What is that company, you may ask? Well, we find out through the ARG that this company is known as Slusho. And if Slusho sounds familiar to all you people, then you've probably seen a J.J. Abrams movie somewhere. Like, <laughs> Slusho is like the Easter egg of every... J.J. Abrams movie, like, either the Slusho or the Kevin Gas Station, like you would see in Super 8, or all these other movies and stuff, but Slusho is like, okay, so Slusho is a fictional drink uh, created for Cloverfield and stuff, um, made by Bad Robot and Paramount Pictures and all of them and stuff. Uh, they made a website for Slusho where you can actually make your own, you know, Slusho beverage and stuff, and it's a very highly addictive drink where, you know, the slogan is, you can't only drink just six. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit, but, um, so Slusho is the company that, um, Rob is going to Japan because he's going to be the president of Slusho. And Slusho... Was it Slusho or was it Tagarate? It was Slusho. I, I, I get those two mixed sometimes. Yeah. And we'll get into Tagarato in a second, actually. Um, Slusho is actually one of the many other companies with Tagarato. Tagarato is like the main, you know, superpower through all of this. And Tagarato makes a lot of comebacks in all these other movies. Um, more than others, less than others. But there are other companies uh, out of Tagarato. You got the main one, like, you know, Slusho. You got Parafun Wax Company. You got Yoshida's Medical Center. You got uh, the, the satellite one, uh, Bold Futura. Bold Futura. And those are the companies that um, come from, you know, Tagarado and stuff. And um, the history of Tagarado is a very long one. Back in World War II, um, obviously a man by Tagarado found, you know, this mine cave system and hold on wait i'm i'm getting way too ahead of myself hold on all good all good uh so, tagarado is this old company long ago and the origins of the company is like rusty like back in world war Two. uh these uh, soldiers and stuff, led by Tagar a guy by the name of Tagarado, we found these uh, mine areas with these weird whatevers inside of it. But whatever it was, they covered it up with a salt mining company. Until later on, a man by Yoshida, or Mr. Yoshida, got the rights, well, now owns Tagarado and the salt company, obviously naming Tagarado after one of the soldiers, or after Tagarado himself. And, you know, later on, Tagarado is used for this oil drilling company and stuff, and they drill oil and stuff, and they found something. They found something, 
and that something is the Cloverfield eggs. And you might be saying, eggs? What do you mean eggs? Well, there is a manga for Cloverfield called Cloverfield Kinshin? No, Cloverfield something. But it's implied in... I think it's Kinshin. Yeah, Kinshin. I think so, but... It's implied in that manga that there are multiple eggs with the Cloverfield monsters inside of them. And, you know, so obviously they found this uh, pod of eggs and stuff actually scattered all across the world and stuff. Actually, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> when it comes to talking You're about Cloverfield and stuff, like, I have all this information in my head to spit out, but it's, it's kind of hard to spit them out, you know what I mean? Oh, keep going. I'm 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 taking notes. I'm I'm learning a lot, and I think a lot of people listening to this are learning. Right. Yes, I am in very. So, in the Atlantic Ocean, there is a deep sea drilling company. Well, yes, there's a deep sea. All the oil rigs around the world are owned by Tagarado. but this one in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean found a pot of eggs. These eggs belong to the Cloverfield Monster. Or at least, it's a bunch of Cloverfield monsters. There's a bunch of clovers and stuff. It's a field of clovers. <laughs> but, so, they found the eggs and stuff. So, they put the oil rig there. But, they're not drilling for oil. And we'll get into that in a bit. Because that gets into another, you know, part of the ARG. So, basically, they have this oil drill here to... To look at the eggs, study them, possibly, you know. It's not specifically stated all the stuff that they do with it, but there is one thing that they do with it. Now, um, okay, we'll get into another company called Taito. Taito is an eco-terrorist organization uh, in plan to stop Tagarado from, you know, doing what they're doing. And... It's been stated in some of these, like, pamphlets or these papers, you know, that states, you know, there is no oil here. It'd be like a letter from Takarado or something, and then on the back it's written by Taito saying, there is no oil here. And it's obviously referring to the oil rig station um, there. And so obviously they have the rig there, they're looking at the eggs and stuff. And actually, there is something on the eggs. Hold on. Okay. Along with the eggs, there is a dormant Cloverfield monster down there. And there are some photos taken underwater of the monster himself and a bunch of the parasites. Now there's little submarines that you can see with the parasites. And hold on, let me find the images. Uh... While you're doing that, uh, I'm going to have my co-host say his quick thoughts on Cloverfield, if you don't. Yeah, no, go ahead. Personally, I agree with you on just about everything you've said about the first Cloverfield movie. I think it is a phenomenal movie up at the top of uh, any just monsters in general deserves mm -hmm. the top two. Uh, 
Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I, both of you basically said everything I was going to say. Uh, really, it was something that was unprecedented. Uh, I already brought that up with the ARG, but uh, like you brought up meme, uh, the secret secretiveness that this film had, how uh, during filming it was called The Big Cheese or something like that, right? The Big Cheese? I'm pretty sure it was something like The Big Cheese or something. Oh, like say like a code word for like if they're filming the movie, like they don't Yeah, the working, or yeah. Yeah, like how Godzilla was called, like it was called something. I remember King of the Monsters was called like... Fathom. Yeah, it was called Fathom, yeah. When they were filming, yeah. um, but the big cheese, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty actually... sure is that. I'm pretty sure. Could be, I don't know. But you want to know something funny? So, um, Clover obviously doesn't have a specific name. Like people like to call him Clover and all that stuff. But you want to know what the people who made the movie gave him the nickname? Let's Mr. hear it, Mister MGE. Or actually, MGE, which actually stands for Mr. Grumpy Pants. <laughs> that's priceless. That's amazing. I'm going to start referring to him as that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my new name. And Mr. MGP, Mr. Grumpy Pants. Yeah. But, um, actually, I found the images. Uh, I could put them in general, can't I, to show you guys? Uh, go for it. So, here's one of what we can assume of being on either the seafloor or some people like to say it's the back of the Cloverfield monster because, you know, the parasites reside there in the bottom of the sea. There's the first image. You can see the parasites. You can see the submarine. It is <clears throat> really interesting and stuff. Yeah. Um. What can people listening to this, what can they look up uh, to find? Um. What I looked up to find this was Cloverfield Deep Sea Images, and you come with the uh, two ones I'm going to show you right now, like the Parasite one and the one I'm going to show you after. But with the Parasite one, you can see in the bottom left corner some coordinates, right? And those coordinates would correspond to in the Atlantic Ocean. And on the Tagorado website, you can see the locations of each deep sea drilling locations. And the one that is planted in the Atlantic Ocean is on these same exact coordinates that are listed in the photo. That's which is which is so cool because the puzzle pieces are putting together. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now I I'm gonna be oh, honest God. real quick. I, I didn't expect the Cloverfield uh lore to be this deep. I'm loving well, it is pretty deep considering how deep this picture has been taken. Like, that is a lot of meters below the sea, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here is the next image, and what it is can be seen is, you know, I think you can probably see him in this image. Yeah. Right in the middle. Yep, he is on the... One of the legs of the uh, oil rig. Now, right now. quick question. Uh, is yeah. this the same oil rig that found that uh, blew up? or You know what I'm referring yes. to? The one yes, that... yes, okay. Th that, is, that is good because I'm about to refer to that. So, according, and 
one evidence of the ARG, which is actually a video, one of the few videos of the ARGs, is actually a news recording or like a news footage or broadcast of this oil rig, same oil rig, collapsing into the Atlantic Ocean. And, you know, obviously people are thinking like, oh, it's an oil, oil slick, you can see like the black and stuff, but that's actually the monster. That's actually the large mass of the monster in the water. And later you can see like cell phone footage of the people like escaping on lifeboats and stuff. You can see, you can hear the monster roaring as he flings like large pieces of metal and pieces of the oil rig at them and stuff. It's like, it's crazy and it's surreal. And like the amount of dedication put into this piece of evidence to make it look like an actual news broadcast is like, is actually really interesting to see. You know? Yeah, like, I, I I wonder how much they spend on marketing the first Cloverfield. That'd probably be... a lot. Yeah. Because, I mean, they had to buy all these websites to use for this stuff, and, like, there's actually a website for Taito as well. And, uh, actually, I'll link the websites, actually. Um, okay, so... We know for a fact that the deep sea drilling is there to, like, you know, drill and extract whatever. But what are they extracting? Seabed's nectar. And you might be wondering, what's seabed's nectar? Well, seabed's nectar is found with either the scrapings of the Cloverfield monster or the eggs. And it's very, it's very toxic. Well, toxic to people, yes. Eating Doesn't it, it make their, uh stomachs explode no no that is what the parasites do when they bite a victim what seabed's nectar does and this is actually interesting okay before i link any of the things of the websites but okay so in parts of the arg there is this guy who actually works for taito and he's working at tagarado as undercover right so he's actually from taito but he works at tagarado for cover-up and his girlfriend, you know, like, gets, like, messages and, well, she actually makes, like, you know, vlog videos, sort of, or, like, daily stuff. And there's actually videos of it and stuff on her These mods. are the things found on the DVD I was talking about. Yeah. And it's just, like, her talking to the camera. And one of the days, he gives her a present, right? And... She opens the present, and there's a letter from, from you know, her boyfriend saying, you know, um, don't come looking for me. They found me. They've taken me help hostage. Um, something about Tagarado kidnapping this guy, you know, and doing whatever with him. And what he, what he sends her is actually seabed's nectar. And and seabed's nectar is only edible when it's cold. The stuff that she got wasn't cold. She has to be refrigerated. But later on, she eats, you know, the seabed's nectar, right? And later on, you can see her getting all loopy and stuff, like dancing on the bed, doing all those stuff like a crazy person would do if they were, like, on drugs or some sort of stuff. And... You notice how I said that seabed's nectar is only edible when it's cold. 
What is something edible that is cold in the Cloverfield universe? Slush. 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 Seabed's nectar is a main ingredient in slush. And, you know, eating it cold, you get so addicted to that stuff. Hence the slogan, you can't only drink just six. Seabed's nectar hmm. is in slush and that seabed's nectar is extracted from a Cloverfield monster, or at least the eggs or whatever. And this girl who's jumping on the bed and stuff, she makes it into the movie. Remember in the part of the party and stuff, you see this girl passed out on the bed or on the couch? That's her. Yeah. That's what, her. Really? Yeah. But she's not passed out. She's dead. The, uh, oh, the effects of the seabed's nectar caught up with her and she is dead. Wow, okay. That got yeah. dark really quick. It's, it's weird. It's weird, yes. So, obviously, Tagarada wake up the mo- woke up the monster, and now he's going off and, you know, disrupting the public, you know, destroying the city, blah, 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 blah. And I think if you're going to talk about anything about the Clover Field movie itself, whether or not the monster is alive or not after the end of the movie. Because after the end of the movie, they drop a nuke on Central Park and on New York City and stuff, and it supposedly kills the monster. And obviously, J.J. Abrams said, like, oh, the nuke definitely killed the monster and stuff. But at the end of the credits, you hear a recording that says, help us. Or at least it sounds like it says, help us. And when you reverse it, it says, it's still alive. So, it could still... I'm on the side that it is still alive. Oh, God, JJ's yeah. not... No. He's not reliable. Well, I wouldn't say he's reliable. He's probably just saying that, so it's just like, oh, he's dead, obviously, blah, blah, blah. Like, so, I mean, that's pretty much Cloverfield for you. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about Cloverfield. I mean, it's a very good movie. And I highly recommend it to any monster movie fan out there. And now we're on to the next entry in the movie in the series, Ten Cloverfield Lane. My God, is this movie fantastic? If it wasn't a Cloverfield movie, not saying that it being a Cloverfield movie is a bad thing. I'm saying this movie is perfect to watch if you have no idea what anything about the Cloverfield movies and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's perfect. That's exactly. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just saying that's exactly. Like, the storytelling and stuff, like, of Michelle, you know, getting to this car accident, and she's being held in this bunker by the character played by John Goodman, Howard Stambler. We learn more about the bunker and stuff and why he built it to keep him out to keep her safe from the outside world, which is apparently under attack. Later we find out, spoiler alert, that this attack was actually aliens. And, you know, you thought it was like the Russians or some sort of like military or something. But no, it was actually aliens. And there's also another guy in there. What's his name? Emmett. Emmett. And so you got Michelle, Emmett, and Howard all in this bunker. You know, 
trying to survive, make the best of it. And throughout the movie, Howard seems like this very bipolar character. Like, in some parts you can sympathize with him, other parts you can fear him. It makes you really think who the true monster is in this movie. And I really love that aspect. Obviously, connections with this movie to the first movie is very slim. Like, there's occasional nods and stuff like Easter eggs, like, within the movie. But in the ARG, it's a lot more, you know, thought out and planned. So, Mm -hmm. um, where to start? Where to start? Um, continuing the universe, um... It does a very well job continuing the universe. Probably not after the events of the first movie. Per se, we don't really know. Like, we don't know for sure whether or not, you know, this movie takes place, you know. Actually, no. It takes place probably after the events of the first movie, because obviously you see iPhones as obviously 2016. And obviously before it was 2008 and you got, you know, flip flip phones, flip phones and all that stuff. So obviously there's been, you know, a huge time jump from then to now. We don't know what happened in that span in between, but we'll probably find out sooner or later. Um, So Michelle's in this bunker, this guy Howard, who used to have a daughter um, sadly left with her mother, so, you know, he tries to cope with, you know, all these decorations and stuff, and, like, you know, puzzles, and, you know, Paris, you know, Paris is a very, you know, like, common theme in this movie, or at least, it's a little nod here and there, because obviously Michelle wears a shirt with the Eiffel Tower on it, and Howard openly says that, you know, you know, her daughter loves Paris, and she loves designing clothing and all that stuff, just like Michelle. So, well, later on we found out that Howard kidnaps, like, kidnaps women and have forced them to act more like his daughter to try and cope with the fact that she's gone from his life. And that makes him such a crazy character, and obviously forces, you know, Michelle to want to leave. Um, In the middle of the movie, one of the most... One of the parts of the movie that almost made me shit myself is when Emmett got shot. Like, that was so... (laughs) When seeing that scene in the theaters, when just just got shot, like, out of nowhere, like, my heart literally was just like... Like, I almost had a heart attack. But... um, What else? Um... Okay, connections from the first movie to this movie. Um, obviously, when Michelle is sneaking through the vents and she goes to that one other area of the bunker, you see a letter from Bold Futura in Tagorado. And it's implied that Howard Stambler used to work with satellites and stuff. That is the job of Bold Futura, one of the companies like off of Tagorado. So, obviously, there's a big connection there, because, you know, Colorado, blah, blah, blah. So, but it goes in a little into, it goes into a little more depth than that. So, 
with Bold Futura, you know, they learn obviously all this stuff about satellites. They probably have contacts with all the satellites. Hence, Howard knowing that this was an alien invasion. Because he worked with Bold Futura, he knows that there is aliens up there. And he knows that something bad ha- is going to happen. So that's why he built the bunker. Because he knows the aliens are coming down. Because he's seen the aliens. Hence, the Black Knight Satellite. The Black Knight Satellite is a satellite made by Bold Futura that would study these aliens. They would study these aliens and basically whatever happened caused the satellite to fall out of the atmosphere into the waters, into the depths. And this goes into like another theory, but oh, another connection with the first movie. So at the end of the first movie, you can see footage of Robin Beth and Coney Island and you can see him on a Ferris wheel. There's a shot where they pan the camera out, and you can see from the sky this black splodge coming down and crashing into the water. What is that, you may ask? There are so many different explanations to what this thing could possibly be. It could be A, it could be the monster, it could be B, it could be the Black Knight satellite, which is probably what I'm mostly leaning towards, or, or C, it could be the one space station from, it could be the Cloverfield space station from Cloverfield Paradox. Because you can see in the one, we'll get into that in a bit, but. So you got the Black Knight satellite, it crashed down into the water. You know, people would think like, oh, like, um, I don't know. When it comes to 10 Cloverfield Lane, you know, it's a little risky and stuff because there's some stuff like, okay, in the first movie, you think most of the story's planned out for you, right? Like, oh yeah, this happened, that happened, boom, you'd go into that. Okay, I'd like to say this out because I should have said this earlier and I'm, I apologize that I didn't, but these are just theories. I'm not saying this is actually what happened. I'm just saying this is what I think happened from all the research I've done on the Cloverfield universe and stuff. This is what I think happened. And, like, with the Black Knight satellite, it could mean anything. Um, what else? Um, what did you guys think of 10 Cloverfield Lane? I personally enjoyed the when it came out, I saw it in theater, and I was just surprised and also, like, very kind of confused at some parts, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and see, this is where you people start to hate me. I, I hate the film. Uh, really? See, to me, yeah, I, I just... When it came out... I was expecting a Cloverfield movie. Now, Uh-oh. as you as you start to research, you kind of start to see how it connects and all that. But you know, it just it was a letdown for me. Uh, you know, it just kind of I don't know. The film was kind of a disappointment to my to me at least. Um, there were some parts that I really liked, 
uh, like the VAT sequence where uh, John Goodman pulls out a gun, mm-hmm. and you know he, you, everybody starts to think, oh, it's okay, he's gonna, he's not gonna kill them, and then he just shoots Emmett in the head. You know that's something like you weren't expecting. I yeah. love that, but it just kind of, I don't know. The film was kind of a letdown person. So. You said it was kind of a letdown because it wasn't really, in your eyes, that much of a Cloverfield movie. Like, well, it didn't correct have that much of Cloverfield in it. Uh, yeah, that and also because I know the fact that basically they kind of degraded Cloverfield to being like, we have these scripts, we're not going to use them. What are we going to do? We're just going to turn them into Cloverfield movie. Yeah, now, yeah, here's the thing I want to bring up. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane didn't start out as a Cloverfield movie or a Cloverfield story at all. It became one last minute. I mean, it wasn't, like, you know, forceful with it at all. Like, I mean, obviously with the ARG, it makes, you know, connecting it to the Cloverfield universe a lot more better. I mean, to give benefit of the doubt, like, obviously... With more installments, obviously, more puzzle pieces will fit into place. Maybe J.J. Abrams saw the seller script and thought, you know, you know what, this would be a good movie. This would be a really good movie, and it would also be good to add on to the Cloverfield universe. Because, you know, it would add more to, you know, say, like, you know, Howard working for Bold Futura, you know, all that stuff, like... Mm-hmm. Like, people are upset because, you know, this movie is not a direct sequel. And obviously not a lot of the first movie was in this movie. And I understand that. And I was on the same train as that. I was on the same train as all y'all when seeing the first movie. Well, not the first movie. Seeing this movie and being, you know, disappointed that it wasn't that much of a Cloverfield movie. But when I did more research into the ARG and all that stuff, I grew to more, like, respect the movie and love it because... Instead of it, you know, being just a straight-up, flat-on Cloverfield movie, it's um, it works on its own, and I think that's good, because, like, like I said earlier, it's a good movie to watch on its own without knowing anything about the Cloverfield movies and stuff, and if you're, like, an Advent Cloverfield fan and you see this movie, like, you would see, like, some of the connections and stuff, and you'd be like, oh, this is great. And, like, you see the ARG and it's like, oh, this is fantastic, adding more to the story and stuff. And it's good. It's a movie that's meant for two people. People who don't know the Cloverfield, you know, movies that well. Or people who do know the Cloverfield movies that well. And it fits with those two kinds of people. And I think that's very respectful for that kind of movie. Because, like, if it was, like, a movie that was specifically Cloverfield, like, in your face with all this stuff, like, Oh, this stuff that happened in the first movie, like, here's stuff like that, and like, blah, 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 blah. It wouldn't attract a lot of audiences and stuff. So, obviously, okay. I know with the marketing and stuff, like, 10 Cloverfield Lane, like, come on. Like, people's like, oh, it's a Cloverfield movie. It's like, oh, sweet, it's a Cloverfield movie. And they would get let down because not a lot of Cloverfield was in said movie. People thought that this was going to be a direct sequel. Which we now know that it's not. Technically, it's not. So technically, technically it's not. And this is going to be a, a common theme for the next movie as well. 
But yeah. Um. Do you want to go ahead and? Oh. Oh no. Go ahead. I was just gonna see if you wanted to go ahead and uh go to that third and final film of this so far trilogy. Uh, but yep. it sounded like you had one more thing you wanted to bring up. Um, probably just the bottom line with Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, it's a very good movie. Highly recommend it if you're a Cloverfield fan or not. Um, just as a warning when going into the movie, you're not going to get as much of Cloverfield as you'd probably want and stuff. But if you care about the ARG and like, you know, little snippets and stuff that adds on to the story, then it's a good movie for you. Or if you want a suspenseful sci-fi thriller, this is a good movie as well. So, that's 10 Cloverfield Lane. And now, for the Netflix installment, the third installment in the franchise, The Cloverfield Paradox. This was a movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, was it a bad movie? No. Was it a good movie? No. It's just, alright. I think it's alright. When I first watched it, I loved it. When looking more into it and stuff, my excitement for it slowly dwindled down. But we'll get into that in a bit. So this movie came to a surprise to most people because during the Super Bowl, it was literally a trailer. One trailer was played during the Super Bowl of this, you know, and the trailer got me so pumped up when I saw it. When I saw it, I literally screamed. Like, I literally... Well, I didn't scream, but I, I, I was freaking out when I saw it. I, yeah, I was freaking damn, out because... And... Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Um, same boat as uh, what E.T. I was so excited when I saw the trailer. Mm. I, was, I was hoping for more than what actually came out of it. Like, I was freaking out because you saw the footage from the first movie. I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be it. This is going to be the, this is going to, like, be the direct sequel that everyone would want and stuff. Or, like, a prequel movie, that would be cool, too. But what we got was interesting. It was interesting, but it was also kind of a letdown. But it was decent. This movie is like a mixed bag for me. Like, I like the movie. I Personally, I do like the movie, but... It does stuff good, and it does stuff bad. Okay, first of all, Netflix release. Why? If, if I recall, that was because uh, Paramount and Bad Robot like looked at the film and they're like, this is going to flop. We're not going to waste money. So they sold Ooh. it to Netflix. And then... Okay. I think that's what happened. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, from that logic, it makes sense. But, like... And I think it's bad that they made a Netflix movie because it doesn't have that much availability to people who want to see it after the Super Bowl because the movie came got like came out right after the Super Bowl and obviously I stayed up all that night t- just to watch it because I was hyped as fuck to see that movie. Sorry for the swearing, but I was so hyped to see that movie. So when I finally saw it, I loved it. I thought it was great. Then 
I looked more into it. I was like, it wasn't as great as I thought it was. You know, and that happens with movies. You would see a movie at first, you think, oh, this is a great movie. Later on, you see it again, you come back to it with another open mind and stuff, and you're like, "Uh, maybe it's not that great of a movie. I don't know. Probably. I don't know. But enough of debating whether or not it's a good or a bad movie. Let's get into what the movie is, technically. So, it takes place in the future. I think 2027? Or something like something like that. Yeah, and currently the world is going through an energy crisis, and there's a space station out there called the Cloverfield Space Station, made by Tagorado and stuff, mm, and Tagorado is actually a monopoly at this point. Tagorado has literally taken over the world, not in a bad way, but it's just like, it mostly owns everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, obviously with the energy and stuff, they want to take this particle accelerator up into space and like, you know, set it off to get the earth like clean, renewable, limitless energy. And so that's where we're headed to. We're up in the space station with like a high like amount of groups of people from, you know, different parts of the world and stuff. All of them speak English, obviously. <laughs> um, and we get to know like a lot about these characters not too much but you know eh. um just about enough i think to kind of get the general idea of each yeah i mean you got um you know the girl from the uk you got the russian you got the german you got the uh was she was she chinese or was she japanese uh, i can't remember <laughs> i think it was chinese it was chinese she was from China. Um, uh, there's, I think the other guy was from Brazil, the medic guy. Yeah, Brazil. Uh, yeah, but I'm okay. pretty sure it was Brazil. Yeah, it was Brazil or something like that. And so they're all in the space station. A lot of tension and stuff because they've been there for days trying to get this particle accelerator to work, and you know. People down in the earth, there's some like you know theorists and stuff are like, no, don't do it, don't do it, you know. Noticeable one is in like a news feed that they get on the ship about this guy named Mark Stambler, and obviously if Stambler rings a bell to you, that's the same last name of Howard Stambler from Ten Cloverfield Lane. Now we don't know for sure whether or not what relation does Mark have with Howard either brothers like some sort of family relative like or it could be a different person from a different parallel universe we're gonna get into that mess in a bit (laughs) so (laughs) so obviously it's like a warning like no this monster i mean well this particle accelerator is gonna release demons monsters all this chaos onto the world not in just this world, but multiple realities coming together and stuff. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing. <laughs> so, they try the particle accelerator. It fails. They get sent away. Like, the Earth is gone, literally. They can't find the Earth anywhere. So, they're in a panic. They're trying to get things back to normal. 
and weird stuff slowly starts to happen. First one, I believe, is when the, oh, the Irish guy, my favorite character, <laughs> gets his arm chopped off from getting it stuck into the wall for some reason. Like, he was fixing repairs and stuff, and his arm got sucked into the wall and slipped, like, clipped off, and now you got this arm walking around and stuff, and, you know, that's something. Always wanted that in a Cloverfield movie. But, um, and then you find this girl. Oh, actually, no. The girl happens before the guy gets his arm cut off. I'm sorry, I'm getting too, too ahead of myself. So they find this girl embedded into the wall and there's like wires and like pipes going through her and stuff. And it's like very gruesome to see, especially for a Cloverfield movie. And then, you know, obviously she gets healed and all that stuff. Like she gets better. And the weird thing is this girl recognizes the main character, like the girl from Great Britain. She gets recognized by this girl that they found in the ship. And it's weird because she starts thinking, like, wait, why are you here? I thought you were supposed to be on ground. And yada, yada, yada. Then this is, this is the beginning of when all the parallel universes start to come together. So that happens. Then the guy gets his arm chopped off. Then all this chaos ensues. Like, one by one, each of the people on the ship gets, like, killed. A guy vomits out worms. Uh, the girl from China gets frozen into space, and like, it's just, it's just weird. But if you think about it, it's kind of fitting for like, you know, the first movie how we get established to all this like group of characters and they die off like one by one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. It's very reminiscent of the first movie, and I can respect that. So, like, it's so, this movie, like, some things I love it, some things about it I love, some things about it I don't. But, besides that, like, we find out that they're in a different, you know, universe, obviously, and they try to... They find Earth eventually, but it's the wrong Earth. So, uh, that creates a lot of tension and stuff. And obviously, the main character used to have kids, which died because of a lamp, I think? Like, a lamp caught on fire and they got killed? So, and there's like a part where she like wants to go back down to the Earth to either warn her and stuff. About what's going to happen. Actually, no. She wants to go down there to see her kids again. And live with the kids. But then she realized, oh crap. That's not my kids. Those are my, those are her versions of my kids. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? And. Yeah. Like. Okay. All that stuff happens. Here's the part of the movie which I wish was the entirety of the movie was the stuff that was happening on the ground with, you know, the monster. Clover is actually back in this movie. You don't see a bunch of him, but you see a lot of him. At, well, 
most of them at the end. You actually see his face and stuff at the end, which we'll get to. But you see the monster causing havoc and stuff, and the husband of the main character girl... Like, these characters are so memorable, I remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> the guy finds a girl, like a little girl, stranded in the city and stuff. <clears throat> and it's just like... Helps her out and stuff. Like, they go into a bunker, they start bombing the creature and stuff, and they stay for the bunker for the rest of the movie. We never see him until by the end. I wish most of the movie was focused on them. Then it was. That would have been cool. It would have been cool. But I mean, obviously, like, um, all right. So back on the space station, they're trying to get back to their alternate reality. People are dying left and right. The main, the girl they found in the wall becomes a bad guy now and starts to kill the rest of the crew members and tries to kill main character until main character opens the airlock. She gets shot out in the space. She dies. So her, the main character, and the German guy get into an escape pod and they leave back to Earth. The the husband of the main character girl gets a phone call by the guy saying, like, they're back, we found them again, they're coming back down to Earth. And then he says all these things like, wait, they're coming back to these things? No, tell them to go back, tell them to go back. And then you see this pod coming down into the clouds. And then you see, boom, the monster, Clover's back, roaring into the skies. He is a big boy in this movie. And... <laughs> That's where the movie ends. And obviously I didn't explain it into much detail. Because, I mean... See, this movie was marketed as the origins of what was going to happen. Well, like, it's like, you want to know what happened in the first movie? This movie will explain it to you. When it kind of, but kind of didn't. Like, it throws all of the theories I had before for the first movie into the water of gasoline and lit it on fire. Because ever since, you know, the particle accelerator got turned on, monsters were put in, like, each part of different alternate universes. So here's a theory. Maybe the Cloverfield eggs and stuff, or the alien and stuff, was put there ever since the particle accelerator went off. That could be the case. Who knows? But that's hmm. That that's an interesting theory. Uh, that I could see that working. Yeah, because obviously it's said by Mark Stambler that like, oh, this particle accelerator is going to unleash monsters and demons into different parallel universes and stuff, or like different realities, stuff, which would make sense, obviously. So. Maybe instead of all of them being connected in a way, they're connected because of one thing. Tagarato. Tagarato has an involvement with all of these universes because Tagarato is the main superpower. The Cloverfield monsters are obviously the entity we all know. The aliens are also another monster and stuff. So, let's think about this. You know... Earth A, when the first movie happened. Earth B, 
when the second movie happened. And then you got Earth C, which is, you know, the particle accelerator, which placed the monsters of the two movies in those universes and stuff. Earth A gets the Cloverfield monsters and possibly the eggs and stuff. B gets the aliens. Let's think about this. What if with 10 Cloverfield Lane, the events of New York City never happened because, well, there was no Cloverfield monster in that universe. It was only the aliens and stuff. And Howard Sandler worked for Full Futura, and the aliens existed. Maybe when placing these creatures, they placed these creatures long ago. Probably way past the time when the attacks initially happened. So... Let's say, obviously, we're in the universe of the Cloverfield movie, right? Once the particle accelerator goes off, the monster doesn't just get placed like that. The monster's been placed years, years ago because of that incident. So, let's not think that all these movies are connected because of the events of each movie, like New York attack, then attack with aliens, and then obviously in the future, Particle Accelerator. Let's think of it like this. Each of these three were normal Earths and stuff until when the Particle Accelerator happened, the monsters get placed in these different worlds, and then havoc starts to ensue with each of them. They used to be normal, but ever since the Particle Accelerator went off, these monsters are now attacking these timelines and stuff. And with Paradox... I'm guessing since it's the main source of all of this, it gets the worst. This part, this Earth, when Paradox takes place, gets it the worst because it was the universe that started all of this chaos in other worlds. Giant Cloverfield monsters, possible alien ships destroying the Earth that they know it, really, like resorting it to dust and stuff because of the particle accelerator. These movies aren't connected with one straight timeline. They are three separate timelines with their own stories and their own like events in history. But they all they all go through mayhem because of the particle accelerator. It is the main reason that all of this stuff happens. Now, the movies may not explain it into major detail or probably don't explain it as well. But when you see all the ARG and stuff, and you place all together, and you think about monsters being placed into different parallel universes, it becomes all clear of why this happened. It was because of the Particle Accelerator. So, that's basically my whole theory of why, you know, of what happened. That is very interesting. I think... When this is over, I'm probably going to do some of my own research on some of the lore. Just to oh, see yeah, if I go can... ahead. There's so it much just seems very interesting. Yeah, there's so much information out there, and, like, you're going to get, like, sucked into all of it, and it's going to be so... It's going to be fun, actually. I think it's really fun. Uh, E.T., um, what's your thoughts? Uh, I just wanted to bring up how uh, you brought up that particle accelerate is... Um... I wanted to clarify that's your theory, correct? Yeah, it's my theory. Um, I'm pretty sure that was actually confirmed. I not don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the rex due to the uh, fact that 
that happened, everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, very good, very good theory. Um, man, you went into detail. I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to this to get everything. You can try to skip over all the times I stuttered like a person who doesn't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, before we get into the final part of this episode, uh, we'll start with you, Meme, and then we'll go Gage, and then we'll end on uh, out of the three films, well, first of all, before we do that, what did you think of Paradox overall? Overall, Paradox was an okay movie. It was more fulfilling of a Cloverfield movie than it was with um, Cloverfield Lane, but I feel like 10 Cloverfield Lane was a better movie than Cloverfield Paradox. I feel like if they, like, swoops, they swapped, like, certain aspects and stuff like say if 10 Cloverfield Lane kept its story but had more Cloverfield elements like Paradox did it'd be a lot better but if like Cloverfield Paradox you know kept its Cloverfield aspect but got a better story out of it then it would be a better movie so I feel like Paradox is like the opposite of 10 Cloverfield Lane of it being a good Cloverfield movie but a bad movie movie whether 10 Cloverfield Lane was a bad Cloverfield movie, but a good movie movie. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree with all that. Like, I personally think 10 Cloverfield Lane is good by itself, as, like, separate from the Cloverfield universe. Mm -hmm. And then Cloverfield Paradox, like you said, is pretty much the polar opposite. Good Cloverfield movie, not good movie in general. Yeah. But it's not a bad movie. It's It's a decent movie. Go ahead. No, I'm done. Um, I just wanted to, you know, if if anybody listens to Cloverfield, you're probably gonna hate me. Um, I I love Paradox. I thought Paradox was a great movie. That's fine. <laughs> my my co-host just about uh freaked out there. Uh, but um, <laughs> I I would have to rate. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get into ratings, but. I, it would be Cloverfield 1. I love that movie. Great idea. Great concept. Paradox, because I love the film. I thought it... The score I thought was good. Not as good as Cloverfield, but it was good in its own Oh, mind. yeah. Oh, yeah. The score... The, actually, you know what? The score in all of these movies are fantastic. Agreed. Um, And, you know, I... The, the CGI could have been more tweaked up and better in Paradox, but I think that's also because they rushed it out after they realized it wasn't going to do well. But overall, I, I love the story. Um, I, I enjoyed the film thoroughly, and I don't regret watching it at all. Um, no. I know my co-host here is about to blow his mind, <laughs> so I'm going to have him say his uh, condemns with my thoughts on Paradox. I mean, honestly... If you really look into it, it's not... It could have been a lot worse than it ended up being. It could have been... Cloverfield couldn't have even been in the movie at all. Not even been... It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. But... I don't know. I I thought it was great. I loved how they included Clover. Um, Yeah. But, uh... And then, anyway, uh, to my third and final, I think Lane is the worst of the trilogy. 
I'm gonna get so much hate for that. <laughs> Dude, like, jeez. I... <laughs> I mean, obviously it's your opinion, but, you know, some people don't care, but, eh. But, if I would have to rate the movie from greatest to least favorite, um, Cloverfield, obviously my favorite. The best movie. Uh, obviously, out of all of them, obviously it started everything. Um, then Ten Cloverfield Lane, and then Paradox. I like Ten Cloverfield Lane because I thought it was a very nice, suspenseful movie. I loved the feel of that movie, and I loved waiting for the movie to come out, like those moments and stuff. They brought me back so many good memories. And then Paradox. I liked Paradox, but it's just my least favorite out of the three to pick from. But yeah. That's what I think. I, pers- oh, I personally agree with pretty much how you ranked all of that. Cloverfield's my favorite. Ten Cloverfield Lane, very close second. Paradox is kind of just there, but it's entertaining enough for me to watch again multiple mm-hmm. times. And mm-hmm. I just like Ten Cloverfield Lane mainly because it's just unique with the series. It's one of the only ones that technically fits into the kaiju genre, but not really at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to point this out for the people about ready to bombard our Twitter <laughs> or give me, uh, hate emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a person that thinks Leto's Joker is the best Joker and that Garfield's the best Spider-Man. So please don't hurt me. <laughs> listen, listen, before you beat me up, just realize there are worse people out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but now that we've kind of gone over the most controversial uh, part of the uh, episode, we're going to end on what the future could hold. Um, we're going to first start off with uh, the announced Cloverfield 2, uh, even though we don't know when that come out or if it actually will um but meme do you want to get us started with that i don't know listen we probably don't know when it's coming out or you know if it's going to come out but besides just knowing that there's going to be a direct sequel cloverfield i'm just fucking ecstatic like i again sorry for swearing but like i am so hyped and ready to see when this movie's coming out, what this movie's gonna be like. Like, of course I have high hopes, but, you know, obviously with Paradox, like, I had high hopes for that, and then, you know, over time I saw a little bit more. I'm like, eh, it's alright. But, with this one, I have high hopes for it. And I can't wait to see the monster again, hopefully. Maybe the parasites again. Those are creatures we haven't seen in a while. Like, I can't wait to see, you know, the return of this beloved franchise, you know, from the from the original and stuff, and you know, all of that. Just, just whenever it's coming out, when it's going to come out. I know it's going to be theatrical this time. It's not going to be dumped to Netflix or anything. But once it comes out, you bet your sweet butt that I'm going to be sitting in that front seat with my popcorn and my soda pop, just being a little kid again waiting yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh i think we can both my co-host and i can both agree we're excited to 
what the future holds with uh, Cloverfield 2. Uh, out of curiosity, when do you believe it'll come? Do you have well, a ideal release date, or mm, are you just waiting? No, if I had an ideal release date, I feel like the best time would be probably the same date, or like the same, you know, January 8th, or 18th, or whatever. Was it 18th, or was it 8th? Am I being stupid? I'm probably being stupid. I don't know. It was 8th or 18th, but I'm pretty sure it should be released, like, the same date as the first Cloverfield movie, as probably either, like, you know, you know, probably, like, an anniversary sort of thing, or, like, you know, just a nice nod, or... I don't know. For some reason, with Cloverfield movies, it's always with October, thinking like it's going to come out in October or something. That's always a month that comes to mind when thinking of that, but I wish it came, you know, sooner. I wish it was out tomorrow, actually, to be honest with you, but... For what I think, I think the earliest it come out, and it... That's how you say words. I think the earliest it will come out was probably... Uh, 2021, and then latest, I personally think, just judging by what they've announced and said, I think the latest will probably be... 20... Be what? 2025. 2025. At the latest. Uh, that That's quite a while. That's just going off of speculation and what I've heard most of is <laughs> latest possible. Yeah. You know, we could. De- I I don't think we'll get it in 2020. At least the earlier part. Like I was hoping, I was hoping for a January February release date, mainly to honor the original Cloverfield. But due to the fact that Abrams was working on Episode Nine of Star Wars, I just don't think he had time. But now that that's over, I think he may be working on the sequel. Like full-blown, we're doing this. Because uh, I, I believe it was announced that the script was either being written or it was already done. I Being written? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I could see it if it was being written in 27... Usually it takes a year for that to happen. So that's around 2018. Filming it, editing it, plus all the secrets takes another year so it probably started production if possible in 2019 or it could start production late 2019 and go through 2020 and we could definitely see it around the time of an october november release date of 2020 hmm. but that's just me kind of trying to look at it through logistics all that jazz but uh, speaking of releasing it, uh, I thought this would be an interesting uh, thing to bring up. The fact that Bad Robot and Warner Brothers signed a contract that Bad Robot Productions will be distributed by Warner Brothers. Uh, out of curiosity, do you guys think that'll actually impact Cloverfield 2 potentially? Uh, uh, Cloverfield for the MonsterVerse 2020, let's go. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> uh, I don't want to see my boy get his butt kicked, I don't want to see that. 
<laughs> I do want to see Clover fight a Muto though. That'd be nice. They That'd they be look really similar. cool. They look similar. I uh, I know whenever the original 2014 was coming out that when people asked what the monster was, I was basically saying it's a mix between the monster from Cloverfield and uh you know, uh, it's like a mix between old Toho monsters and Clover. Yeah. Like the female's pretty much just Clover mixed with Orga, and then the male one, or the, yeah, the male one is Clover mixed with Rodan mm-hmm. or Mothra. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess, um, I mean, what else does there say about the Cloverfield universe? I mean, bottom line, from what I have to say to end this off, possibly, is that Cloverfield is a fantastic movie franchise. It has its good movies. It has its okay movies. It has a fantastic ARG. And if you love, like, all that online, you know, stuff, like looking up information and stuff about the movie franchise and stuff, go for it. This is, like, your territory. And I feel like people who want to get into monster movies should get into Cloverfield because I feel like it's a fantastic movie to start off with. I personally love this movie no matter what, and whatever comes in its way, you bet that I'll be there to support it 100%. I love this movie. I love the people who made this movie, or made these movies. Fantastic film franchise. That's a good way to sum it up. Uh, Real quick, before we uh, wrap it up 100,000 do you think there's any potential for expanded universe stuff like another manga um, or anything? Another what? A manga, manga. I I say manga. Something. Um. I mean, I'd love to see that. Like, probably go the route that Legendary takes by making like comic books based off of it. That'd be cool. Um. I mean, yeah, I'm happy to see whatever, like Bad Robot or Paramount or whatever, you know comes out with like what like stuff to additions to the story and stuff no matter what it is um you know it'd be cool is to see like some fan projects be announced canon and stuff like for instance there was this fan movie that was made recently called megan and it's like a cloverfield fan movie sort of thing and it's fantastic i highly recommend you people search it up just search up you know cloverfield fan film megan or something like it's is it's, that on youtube it is on youtube i'm gonna check that out after this recording i've heard of it but i've actually never sat down to watch oh it's same fantastic. here oh it's fantastic you guys love it but, um but no go ahead uh i i do you have anything else to say um i'm kind of at a loss for words now i'm yeah i mean I guess we can start going with the plugs and, you know, signing this off. Awesome. Well, I've been your host, E.T., of course. Uh, you can find me on YouTube uh, as E.T. 13 Production. Uh, and now on Twitter, at E.T. 13 Productions. Uh, you can't miss me. It's my uh, iconic uh, profile picture that all 133 subscribers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, 
that's that's all I've got. And uh, unfortunately, my co-host is only accessible through Discord on the uh, server. But uh, we'll bring that up later. Meme, where can we find you at? Um, good question. Uh, where am I most active? Uh, none of them. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me on my YouTube, Meme Lord Vape, and my Instagram at Meme Lord Vape. I do have a Twitter, but I rarely use it, so I'm not going to plug it in. But, yeah. Um, last thing last thing to say before we sign off. Uh, don't let little baby boy uh, bite your britches off in Central Park. Boom. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, before I sign off, uh, thank you, Meme, for being on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's been very educational. It was um, very fun. I hope. Go ahead. I'm I was sorry. just gonna say I hope that you enjoyed it. I know I did. My co-host, I believe, did, and I hope people at home uh, really learn from. Very yeah. educational. I hope people weren't turned off by the fact that I was making mistakes here and there. It's just like I don't know if I should trust this guy. <laughs> well, uh, before we sign off, uh, if you haven't already, rate us on iTunes. Uh, it's very beneficial that boosts our ratings. But if you can't, if you don't have an Apple device, I don't blame you. I don't own one. I hate Apple. Uh, go to our Twitter and add us, and we will read it. Of course, we'll read it on air for anybody and everybody. And if you don't have Twitter, you can always email us. Uh, our Twitter is at, at kaiju underscore converse. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. Like I said, our email, it's kaijuconversation at gmail.com all one word all lowercase and that's if you can't uh, if you don't have a social media you can get to us that way we'll respond as soon as we can any questions concerns comments reviews anything we'll help you answer it uh, as I brought up late earlier uh, join our discord server where you can chat to all of us um, mo uh, I'm very active my host co-host is Somewhat active, and, uh, you know, you can chat with people, get uh, notifications, exclusive looks at stuff, all that fun jazz. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we sometimes post exclusive off-air shorts, uh, clips, snips, all that cool jazz. Uh, and uh, thank you, Frank, our editor, for doing this amazing editing work he's done for us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Meme. Thank you, Gage. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been an amazing episode. Uh, we learned quite a lot, and I hope you guys did too. So, this has been your Kaiju Conversation, where we talk big.